You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. YouTube going over draft strategies. I uh, want to thank everybody for joining and definitely toss out your questions as we go along and talk about the best fantasy football draft strategies in 2019. We'll be talking about best player available, zero running back uh, draft approach, going wide receiver, wide receiver, all of these things. And if you're joining over on Instagram, get on over to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show and let's get going. Um, so toss out your favorite fantasy football draft strategy approaches. What do you like? What do you deploy more than anything else? I'll tell you what I like. What's going on, Baller? What's going on, Gary? So let's talk about best player available first. First and foremost, what's up, what's up Warren? I think you always need to walk into your draft without a set strategy. Using and being able to use different approaches is good. Uh, guys, if you aren't over, youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. Um, I'm live. Just refresh my, my, my page. So, Cole, what's going on, Cole? I think the best strategy for me is always best player available. And you have I have people that say, hey, Smitty, I'm in the 11 spot. I'm in the 9 spot. Should I take a wide receiver and then go running back? And I always tell people time and time again, don't go into your draft with a set approach. It's not a good way to draft. And the reason for that is that uh, you you got to go with the flow. And if certain players are falling that shouldn't be falling, you need to adjust your fantasy football strategy and approach to account for the players that are currently on the clock and available. You cannot just like all of a sudden you can't you can't stick to something and not and, and just because you said you were going into a draft, I'm going to take a wide receiver and just take a wide receiver. What if Lev Bell falls to the 12th spot? and you had plans of taking a wide receiver, are you not going to take him at number 12? Um, zero running back is, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but best player available is definitely what we're going to be talking about first. So for me, every time I'm on the clock, I take the best player available. Um, I I do find myself in certain places like at wide receiver, or at uh, the bookend picks or the 11 and, you know, 5, 11 and 13 or the 12 and, or the 11 and 14 or the 12 uh, in 13, I find myself oftentimes going wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm going to end the, the Instagram. Guys, get over at uh, youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. Let's talk over there. Sorry, I wanted to end the Instagram live. Focus on you guys. Hit the thumbs up on the way in, as Warren always says. Told my friend about this at the and he uh, called you dumb for which, which approach? Okay. So, best player available means this. You, no matter what, you take, like, you're, you're not worried about what position you're, you're drafting. You're not worried about filling a hole on your team. So, for me, if I have, if I go wide receiver, wide receiver, the natural instinct for somebody is to say, you have to go running back at your next pick, or you're just going to have no running backs. For me... I don't consider that at all. If Pat Mahomes is the best player in the third, I take Pat Mahomes. If George Kittle's the best, I take Kittle. Always take the best player available because, yes, you might walk out of your draft saying, hey, this team feels like it has a hole at its wide receiver three or a hole at its wide receiver or running back two. And if you can't live with that, if you lose sleep at night, then maybe it's not the best approach for you. 
maybe you are the kind of person that needs that that set you know strategy you know but that to me feels like magazine drafting that to me feels not so fun drafting based on tiers and oh well i need a running back in this tier no matter what so i'm on the clock here's the leftover running back in tier two might as well grab him whether i like him or not that's how that feels to me it's not fun i'd rather lose hitting home runs lose using bold bold approaches this episode is supported by fx's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 clippers owners racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Then then win, not even drafting the players that I love or believe in. So for me, it comes down to, like, you know, having fun, but also using the approaches that help me win and work best for me. What's going on, John? Thumbs up, everyone. Thank you on the way in. Appreciate it. Okay, so here's a, here's an example. You're on the clock. Uh, you have let's let's say you take you've already taken Mike Thomas and Odell Beckham Jr. You're on the clock, and you have your choice between Kittle and Pat Mahomes and a bunch of weak running backs that you question, guys that you like as much in the fourth round. Are you going to take a running back just because you don't have one yet, or will you take the guy that you think is going to be amazing? That's my question for you, because so many people just have to take a running back. And in in a lot of my expert drafts I'm doing, I didn't draft a wide receiver in one of them until the seventh and eighth round, and I took Tyreek Hill before that news broke that he was potentially not looking. Looking at a full uh, game, uh, full season of suspension. Um, so that ended up working out beautifully because now I have Tyree Kill and Mikael Hardman as my wide receiver one cuff. Tyler says he loves love me some wide receiver, wide receiver this season. Give me Michael Thomas and Juju and carry on Johnson and Kenyon Drake. Not a big fan of Kenyon Drake myself, but I do like uh, like what you're saying. Th- you're saying here, other than just that player. But give me Patrick Mahomes every single time in that third round, or give me George Kittle, you know. But I will take Damian Williams if Damian Williams is there. I'll take Damian Williams all day in the third round. But my my point is, best player available is basically when you, no matter what, no matter what the backlash is, no matter how many people laugh at your running backs or whatever. If you're a wide, if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and the best player available is not a running back at the third pick, don't just force it and take a running back. Zero running back approach is essentially what we're just talking about even there. Only a lot of times you don't take, it depends on how you want to define zero running back, but a lot of people will say zero running backs where you don't take a running back until the fifth round or later. Some people say sixth round. I've heard other people define it differently, but for the most part in general, it'd be like you're taking wide receiver, wide receiver, and let's say Pat Mahomes in the third round. And even in the fourth round, maybe you maybe you get lucky and like a Kittle falls there or an Ertz or whatever. And then you start looking at your running backs later. You're essentially building your team with a zero running back approach where you're not focusing on running back at all in the first three, four, many cases, depending on the definition, uh, first, you know, four, five rounds. Tanner. Hey, Smitty, thanks for everything you do and the time you put in. My top resource for fantasy football when you found this channel. Thank you. Appreciate it. So... 
I love the zero running back approach, but again, for me, because I always resort to best player available, I don't go in set on that. Um, I develop my strategy as the picks unfold, as I see who's available, and I definitely don't say I'm going zero running back in this draft, but I can tell you that oftentimes I will lean zero running back before a draft begins if I'm in that 11-12 spot, just because I, f- I figure it's going to you know end up being like that. Poke, drop in the super chat. Thank you, sir. You know what that means, Poke? Since you're the leading super chat person, anytime you ask a question, I'm throwing it up and answering your question first. What's up? Finally caught you live. Thanks, King. Glad you're glad you're here, man. Fantasy Talker, I always got to get a running back right away in the past. but So, yeah, I, I get that. Fantasy Talker, a lot of people do feel that way. I get it. It's not uh, not a crazy approach. I'm I'm merely saying that uh, I'll take a running back early if it, if it fits. If it doesn't, then I don't. But I don't force it. I, there are some people that say I have to take a running back. I you can only win if you take running backs in the beginning. That might work for you, and that might be your best strategy. Poke, up oh, poke poke has a question, guys. Pokes first. Look at the running backs picked at the top few rounds in the last five years. Eddie Lacy, DeMarco Murray. Yeah, a lot of guys do from year to year just completely, you know, they're, they're, they're top five one year and then fall off the map the next. Running backs are kind of fickle like that. But I think this year more than ever we have a very, very strong like four that we haven't had for a little bit. Remember running backs, people were saying running backs were vanishing and everything's a cycle. That was something I talked about a lot when we were at that stage in fantasy football where you didn't know if the running back would ever return, you know, the Tomlinson's of the old. Uh, and right now we have, we have four complete workhorse studs that all four of them are PPR machines as well. So we have a very unique top four, but past that, I think, the Devonte Adams, the DeAndre Hopkins, those guys can can definitely warrant picks over any other player after the big four running backs are gone. But for me, Leo, like your show, I have Jones, Tampa Bay, Freeman, Denver, and a dynasty in a dynasty league. Who should you keep? Uh, I think Freeman. Freeman's got the the more appeal. I think at this point, definitely Freeman. Um, so zero running back, the kind of teams I, I've, I've created with zero running back approach, they typically do. So let's say if I take like a Freeman in round four, even if you want to say, cause you can define this a little bit differently. Zero running back to me would still be if you're waiting to the late fourth for a running back. I think you could still categorize that as zero, a zero running back approach because you can get a Devonta Freeman. So if you do go Mike Thomas, Odell Odell Beckham Jr. or whatever wide receiver you want there. Mike Evans, if you will, if you hate Odell. So, uh, or let's use Adams. Devontae Adams, Odell, Pat Mahomes, Devontae Freeman. An amazing four running backs. Or Aaron Jones, if you get so lucky to have him in the fourth. Aaron Jones is going at the top of the third or the late fourth. It seems like if people are on top of fantasy football in your draft, in your league, they know Aaron Jones is coming. So Aaron Jones might cost you a top of the third. Don't be surprised if he climbs into a very crazy low second round value in some very in-the-know leagues. But Aaron Jones, to me, would be an amazing fourth round grab if you can get him, uh, and that happens. 
So don't be shocked if he falls. But to have a Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr., a Priest Holmes or Kittle, and then take your running back, boom. You know, especially if it's Aaron Jones. Kerryon Johnson has great high fifth-round value, good late fourth-round value. Risky, but great, great, great guy to grab, I think, considering the upside, because he could have top 10 running back upside. Then you have Devonta Freeman, who you either hate or love heading into 2019, and I don't find many people in between. A lot of people worried about injury, concussion, his size, can he stay healthy? But given that you can cuff Freeman to Edo Smith pretty easily, I think Devonta Freeman has a ton of sneaky good appeal heading into 2019 and beyond. The risk is all in that value at that fourth round value. I say if you want to go risky with your running back one, he is probably one of the top candidates in 2019 past Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones, then Devonta Freeman. Derrick Henry used to have that kind of high fourth, late third round value, but now Henry's climbing as high as the top of the third. Um, So Larry has a good question here. Smitty, you going to try and get Hunt using your zero running back? So for sure. Uh, Kareem, so running back's the target if you want to go zero running back. Daryl Henderson's number one on my list by far. You want Daryl Henderson on your roster if you're deploying zero running back approach. Number two running back to have on your roster if you're deploying this approach. Hold on, Polk is asking a question. That's what happens when you, you do the super chat, chat guys. Who are you taking first in Dynasty, uh, Williams or Anderson? Um, Tyrell Williams, I assume you mean, uh, probably Robbie Anderson. Tyrell Williams has some like late, late, late value, but I think Robbie has more appeal and probably drafted and ranked a lot higher on average. So back to what I was saying. Um, if you have more questions, poke, throw it out. But I think you have, um, okay. Sorry. I'm reading some of the comments here. Thumbs up on the way in, says Larry. So Daryl Henderson, number one running back to have by far if you're doing zero running back because if he if you land him, you can win your league because you'll be so stacked at your other positions given you did go zero running back. You're going to clean up if Daryl Henderson's a top five running back like I predict he will be. Um, then I'd say number two would be Jalen Samuels might be the second best running back to have given that he costs so little in relatively speaking to have if you're going zero running back because he too can be a top 10 running back top 5 to 10 if he's starting uh, James says zero running back makes me very sad this year why is that and, and what's with the thumbs down is that you James you gonna thumb down this topic how are you gonna thumb down this topic we're, go, we're going over why this approach may work, may not work. Zero, going wide receiver, wide receiver is a very popular approach. Okay. The number three running backs. You got Henderson, you got Jalen Samuels. Kareem Hunt is a very, very good running back. If you have deep rosters where you can roster a ton of running backs, if you're only allowed to carry five total running backs and you start two or three, then of course you can't roster a Kareem Hunt like, common sense um so if anybody's gonna throw that at me smitty 
That's horrible. I got somebody that blasted me earlier in the year when I talked about. Uh, okay, and just you said that right when that came in. I was just kidding, James. But I got blasted for having Cream Hunt as a sleeper running back to stash in your bench. Uh, I did that on Instagram as well. I couldn't believe how much how much hate I got for talking about Cream Hunt back so many months ago about being a, one of the great stashes to have on your roster if you're if you're going really cheap at running back. People were so upset about that. Cream Hunt's a great grab. Yeah, he's out for half a year. I know some people don't like the weight on somebody. But when that person can be as good as any running back in the league, and really he can. He's proven he can be that good, and he's in an offense that's easily could be argued as a top three overall offense in fantasy football. Then why is Hunt not a very attractive option? Because Nick Chubb's so good? I like Nick Chubb. I think Chubb and Kareem Hunt together are a top five to ten running back. Nick Chubb by himself, though, I don't know that I want to own him. By That's one of those weird things where together I want to own shares of Chubb Hunt together. Freaking fantastic low-end running back one that you get at the cost of second round running back two type value. But without Kareem Hunt, you are rolling the dice big time because Hunt, uh, Chubb is a very aggressive runner that's likely to get hurt. But standalone value-wise, I love Kareem Hunt. I love Jalen Samuels, I love Daryl Henderson, and I'll pull up uh, my rankings at sleeperu.com, and we'll go over some more uh, guys that I think we should throw out as players that should be in your zero running back mentality. If you're going zero running back, you need to land a bunch of these guys. You have to draft a bunch of these guys. No Chubb or Hunt, that uh, King, it's preference, man. Not everybody's going to be on board with with owning those guys, but if you have them together, it's gold. Um, Gary's talking about Duke Johnson. Eh, we'll see. James, how is Cream Hunt a zero running back target when he's guaranteed to miss 75% of the regular season? Because, James, he can be an absolute monster for a string of games for you. I'm not saying he's a lock for it, but he's absolutely somebody to target, no question about it. James, if you're going zero running back, you're going to have players on your bench that you may not be looking to play right away. That's the nature of it. If you're going to have a bunch of good running backs and then try and mix in those hunts, yeah, you run out of roster spots. When you go zero running back, you have to deploy strategies like that because you're going to have room for it. So it's it's all about how you're building. Uh, let me pull up the rankings here. Poke is asking, currently 20th round. In a dynasty slow draft, the two rookie Bengals running backs are both available, Rodney Anderson and Williams. Who should I take? Uh, I don't know that either one of those guys have a tremendous amount of value. I think uh, I think Williams has probably the more talent, so I would probably grab him, but we'll have to see who, who shakes out as being the the better option in the coming you know weeks and months. But I'd say based on talent, based on college scouting, based on looking at these guys on film, Williams without a question would have, I think, more upside or appeal talent-wise. Okay, so back to zero running backs. Uh, Damian Harris is probably one of the top guys I'll throw out. Devin Singletary. Um, and we're talking redraft here right now. Um, so I think Samuel... So let's go over them again. Daryl Henderson, Jalen Samuels, Kareem Hunt... Um, and then I think, uh, probably 
probably have to say Devin Singletary, Damian Harris. Royce Freeman's not bad because you can get him late. Royce Freeman's a great running back to own and roster. Benny Snell with Jalen Samuels gets Snell later. Nolan says, thumbs up. What the F are you guys doing? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Smitty, first of all, like coming thoughts on thoughts on Dylan Cantrell thumbs up King okay hold on one second I'll answer your questions in one second uh, so I don't know what you guys think about those running backs Howard Jordan Howard eh Penny yeah um, I think Penny's Penny's a good zero running back uh potential candidate um to answer the dylan Cantrell question um we'll see there's uh i don't know where he's in the pecking order as of right now as of right now i think he isn't even in like the top you know three running you know fighting for even the fourth spot we'll see okay let me get back to the rankings here um it's funny how high people are on Drake. I like Drake, but Drake used to be kind of one of those guys in his zero running back. Now he's like going in the fifth round, fourth round, sixth round, kind of all over the place. Uh, Darwin Thompson and Hyde together. If you want to get super crafty and you're desperate at running back, I think that you need to pair the handcuff with Damian Williams regardless. But if you don't, if you don't own Damian Williams, you could go that route. Uh, Fantasy Express dropping the super chat. Thank you, sir. So, Poke and Fantasy Express, if you guys have a question, you guys jump to the uh, top of the list. Let me drag your comment over. Okay. Uh, Fantasy Pro showed up three out of the five running backs retaining. Uh, Barkley might be running back one, but not where he's drafted. Sup, Poke? I'm sorry, Express, if you, ha- uh, if you have another way to word that question or if you're just referring to uh, Poke on that one. But thank you for the super chat, my friend. Um, if you have any questions, toss them out and you, you go to the top of the list on answering those. Uh, James is saying, guys, Hunt guaranteed nothing for nine games. Literally drafting zero. I get that, James, and you, you're going to hear that from about, I don't know, 60%, maybe even more, 65% of people, and you guys, and I, I'm including you in that, James, you guys against that are very passionate about why the hell we would draft a cream hunt, and the answer is that Chubb's very injury prone, very aggressive in an amazing offense, and cream hunt during playoff time has a pretty decent chance of getting a lot of work even if he's not the starter, let's say Chubb stays healthy, but he's a PPR guy, they're going to mix him in there, and I'll take Hunt in the bottom of my roster any day of the week. And James, that's just his preference. I mean, you're not wrong to you know try and go after a player that you can use right away. But so I'm I'm listing off uh, running backs here. So that's that's like a big chunk of the guys I would recommend. Uh, Alexander Madison is a good 
player to draft in a zero running back approach because, you know, there is some risk to Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook. I think Madison is a must handcuff to him, though. But he's got good standalone value just because. Penny, already mentioned. I like that. That was a good one. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point, Nolan. Nolan's saying uh, to answer um, James's, you know, concern about why would you take um, – let me drag your comment on the screen here, Nolan, because I think it's a good way to, to put it. But James is talking about how why would you even waste the time? Because he's almost free. He takes up and he takes a starting role, you win. That's exactly the point, Nolan. I, I agree with you. And he's you know, you're talking about a guy in your bench anyways that you probably will never play anyway. So James, the guy you're gonna have um James says, Smitty, you aren't going to make the playoffs by drafting and keeping a guaranteed zero point for 9 to 13 weeks. It's not true. James, the odds of you using the player you're going to draft there anyways is probably slim to none. You don't use all the players on your on your team. A lot of times you're rotating you know, one and two guys into your lineup during bye weeks or for an injury. There's plenty of years where I don't use a guy at all the entire year that's on my bench. Now, James, you might be speaking to me from the point of view that I addressed though in the very beginning which was that please understand that if you're playing on Yahoo and James maybe you are you have very very different roster requirements than the average person outside of Yahoo so as I was talking about before this before I even got into it I go make to make this clear if your league doesn't allow you to roster a lot of players so James this sounds like it's probably you then why on earth would you take a Kareem Hunt when you can't use him and you need to use everybody on your roster? So I don't know if you missed that part, but if that's the case, then of course, why on the hell would you want to roster a guy that's playing, going to get you zero points if you're going to need that spot? There are a lot of leagues, James, where ones where I play in where I have literally like seven running backs on my bench. I have five receivers. I have, I have, so it's, it depends on your, your roster, but would I take Hunt? And, and you say, I'm not going to make my playoffs. James, I've done this for 15 years doing exactly this. I make the playoffs in like eight leagues out of 12 every single year. Like I I do make the playoffs doing it. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying. So, but five bench spots isn't a lot, James. You're playing in a small league. That's the whole point. If you're in a small league, I understand your perspective, but you can't speak to all of the leagues as if we don't have freaking eight to nine running back spots potentially that we use. So it depends on your league. But I get what you're saying from your perspective. I just don't think you're thinking about how big some leagues are. I think you're talking about your, from your perspective, from the size of leagues you do. So yeah, James, there you have it. Yahoo. Anybody playing on Yahoo gets so mad. And and I told this is what I talked about in the beginning. Gets so passionate about the holding Kareem Hunt. People in Yahoo leagues get upset about it. Just like James is. They get so passionate about it. And they say things like, no offense, James, I'm not trying to pick on you, but they say things like, Smitty, you're not going to make your, your playoffs. Like, that, James, that sounds so funny that you're telling me that. Like, I'm not going to, you're telling me I'm not going to make my playoffs if I hold... Uh, cream hunt on my roster and it <laughs> I, I'll be okay I'll be okay 
But I, I see it from your perspective. I'm just trying to let you know there's probably a different perspective you're not looking at, which is that I most of the leagues I play in, I have literally like eight or nine running backs on my roster. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Yahoo. Yahoo has so much... Uh, yeah, great. I think we're on the same page, James. Hey, Smitty, what's going on, bro? Says Danny. What's up, Danny? He's not free. He's going in the 7th or 8th, according to FF Calculator. Well, it depends on where you can get him to, Antonio. Sometimes he is really late. Sometimes he isn't. So it's all perspective. It's all where you're getting him. All right, enough about Hunt. That's where that, that topic, I, that's why I prefaced it in the beginning. That Hunt topic wastes so much freaking time because you got these freaking 65% of people so passionate about talking about it. Why would you take Kareem Hunt? They get so mad. And then the other 45% are like, I want him. I want to take him. So it's like, a, it's just a weird topic. And that's why I tried to preface it in the beginning. It's just crazy. Uh, okay. So when do you guys like the running back, running back approach? Do you typically, let's say, if you, and let's talk about best player available with this, but let's also throw out a scenario. So you get Alvin Kamara at number four. And let's say Mike Evans goes, Antonio Brown goes. And so your second round pick, you're looking at a Dalvin Cook as being the best player available. And oftentimes Dalvin Cook is the best player available in the mid-second to late second round. So do you, do any of you in that position um, make yourself go get a wide receiver with your next pick because you've gone running back, running back? And let's say it's a three wide receiver league. Um, would you pass on a trying to think of running back see the thing about that though which usually lines up is when you're in the third round there there are more wide receivers and more like tight end and qb options available i think than the running back options i find myself wanting two or three running backs in that third round almost every single time those running backs being damian williams um let me pull up a ranking here so i'm not missing anybody off the top of my head here but in that third round you're looking at damian williams Potentially, he goes in the second sometimes. You're looking at David Montgomery on occasion falls into the third round, but he's kind of creeping up, or, or goes in the third round. He's he kind of creeps up into like the very bottom of the second in some early in some recent drafts, which is kind of high. Uh, Aaron Jones is a, a third round running back to consider, and then past that, like really, it's all about for me Mahomes, George Kittle, are they available? And if not, then yeah, you have like the Adam Thielens, you have. Maybe T.Y. Hilton falls there. Maybe somebody grabs him really early. You have the Keenan Allen types, the Amari Cooper types, the A.J. Green types. The third round really does, I think, get to a point where if you do go running back, running back, so if you have Kamara, then you take Dalvin Cook. You're at a good place where I think all things are kind of equal for a lot of these players, so it makes you not, not really forcing the issue of going wide receiver because I think there's so many very like questionable players available in that third round anyways that you aren't forcing the issue by going wide receiver over a running back I just unless Damian Williams is there there's not a lot of running backs that I feel like I'll take no matter what Damian Williams is like literally the last one maybe Aaron Jones so Larry you like carry on let's see let me move this over Where's your comment, Larry? There it is. Larry likes Carrion, Mac, Kittle, Mahomes in the third round. I like that. 
Montgomery, Justin says, is looking at 200-plus touches. I agree. I think he could be looking at a 1,000-yard, 6-7 to seven TD season. So I like him a lot. If you get 6, you're going Devontae Adams, Roger. Not bad. Warren says, best player available. Allows the flexibility of drafting regardless of position. So that's my that's my main point, man. I, I you know, I don't I don't care if I'm if I've, I've got a gaping hole at wide receiver three. Some people lose sleep over it. I don't care. I live for it. I like having a Jalen Samuels on my bench ready to take over my running back two spot or my flex spot. I love it. I love having Daryl Henderson in waiting in almost every single league I do because I reach for him higher than anybody. And I love the fact that I'm going to be the one in probably, a I don't know, I think I play in, got to cut back on my leagues. I think I'm in like 12 to 13 leagues for the show and sleeperu.com combined. I think it's 12 to 13. Then I have my two or three buddy leagues that I do um, and probably one other league in between. That's like a mix of Buddy and, and actually for the show. But I want to say that I own Henderson, unless they're Dynasty, it's a redraft. Um, I've done two of the drafts early in redraft, done a startup Dynasty, and done, I, th- I think, one of their... I kind of mix in some of my leagues. I did two for Instagram. So I think I've done five total drafts so far. I think I own Henderson in all five of those drafts. One of them is the Throne League. On Instagram, the other is uh, an expert league. But I've done five drafts total, total so far, and I own Henderson in every single one of them. And I love the fact that when he goes off, I'm going to be dominating all of those leagues. And if he doesn't, I still do okay, because even if I took him high in some respects, it's not going to cost me my league. What's up, Smitty? Been on vacation, but I would rather have zero... Have a zero wide receiver. I feel that running backs are the foundation. And a lot of people feel that way. You're not alone, Terrence. But, um, again, that I think don't walk into your draft set on taking running backs. Take the best player available. If those are running backs, then so be it. But everybody drafts differently. So, Terrence, if that's how you win and you've proven this is, this is the way you win, you know what that probably means, Terrence? You're good at wide receiver scouting. And you're good at seeing what wide receivers could fill the holes better than the running back. So Terrence, if that's how you dominate, continue to do it. Don't listen to me or anybody else that tells you to do a certain approach. Do what works for you. And I, I, I stress out for everybody. If you think, oh, okay, Smitty's right. Maybe I should try this. But you've been winning doing a certain way. Stick to your, your way. Stick to the way that, that makes you win. Um... So that's my approach. Those are that's those are my my top I think ways to describe the best draft strategies. The best player available, but always deploy that amongst all your strategies. Zero running back approach which is a fun approach, but I think I only do it if it falls in line with the best player available because I always go back to best player available. I think that's the key to fantasy football domination is to not get yourself caught up to where you have, you're drafting a player you don't necessarily believe in or like just because he's the last in a tier. Then going wide receiver, wide receiver tends to fall in line with zero running back. So these are all kind of in line. One, two, three. If you stick to best player available, it oftentimes leads you to zero running back, which 
oftentimes really is the wide receiver, wide receiver, or it, it absolutely is because zero running back means you're not taking a running back in the first, um, you know, at least four rounds, or you could say three, and then that leads you to wide receiver, wide receiver. So if you're going to go running back, running back, that's okay too. Um, but if you're in a three wide receiver league where you're starting three and you go running back, running back, um, you just got to make sure you know what you're doing and landing your sleeper wide receivers. You've got to be able to deploy what I did in the Instagram expert league that I, that I recently did where I got Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman and cuffed them together without taking a, a wide receiver until the seventh round. Because during that draft, the news had not broken yet, suggesting that Tyreek Hill may actually play more this year than we had originally thought. So that's how you dominate. But that wasn't luck. That was me attacking that cuff. And in fact, I drafted me Cole Hardman first. And then before, that was my first wide receiver in the seventh round. And before I took another wide receiver, I took Tyreek Hill next. So I knew that that cuff would, would secure me. And uh, let me show you that roster. Let me try and pull it up. So I'll show you the roster in that league. And then we can talk about the throne league too, but... In the Instagram Expert League, um, my roster is this one. Let me show you. And this, honestly, is one of the best teams I think I've assembled in a very long time. And it's with some of the best, you know, there's a lot of awesome uh, experts in this league. Uh, two football guys, writers, Fantasy Sharks is in it. A bunch of Instagram experts are in it. Some of the same guys in the Throne League. Okay, let me drag this on the screen here and show you this roster. So this was this is my zero running back roster that I the approach that I did. This is the definition of zero running back. Got a little delay on my screen here. Sorry. All right. This is the definition of how to deploy. The zero running back approach, and I believe flat out dominate your league. Um, let me move all this stuff. Okay, so I started off with, uh, let me move over here. I want to kind of get this in screen, but I don't want to take up the whole damn screen. So in this draft, I started off with Saquon Barkley. I took Barkley at 1.02. Then while the the first round was was underway, Zeke Elliott was taken, I believe, at the third, the fourth pick, third pick, and then uh, I think we're at pick seven or pick eight. And at that point, I made an offer to uh, Football Guys, and I gave Football Guys my two point one one and my th uh, four point whatever. Yeah, so my four point oh. My 4.02 and my 3.11, I believe. I forget what pick I had. That's Yeah, something like that. So I get my second and my fourth rounder for his already drafted Zeke Elliott after he had just taken him and we were in the third round. So that's how I got Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. Then with my third pick, I took Damian Williams. Terrence, well, I think you know what you're talking about, so I'll be looking. Okay. I watch and support your team so much, so I'm not so good at the, uh, at fantasy so that I can I can take advice. Okay, 
So my third pick was Damian Williams. So this is the definition of a zero running back team without question. In fact, it's like over overboard because I didn't take a wide receiver until the seventh round. So Damian Williams was my, my third draft selection. I didn't have the fourth because I traded the second and the fourth for Zeke Elliott. Then with my fifth rounder, I took Aaron Rodgers, which a lot of people said, why the hell didn't you take a wide receiver? Because I'm deploying what I believe to be the most effective zero um, uh, zero wide receiver. I keep saying running back. This is my definition of zero wide receiver. <laughs> sorry about that. I, someone just commented that. This is the definition of a zero wide receiver approach. I'm sorry. I keep, uh, it's been a long week. So I took Barkley. I took Elliott in a trade, trading my second and my fourth. I took Damian Williams with my third pick. Then I took Aaron Rodgers with my fifth overall selection, which was my fourth player. So I'm deploying the zero wide receiver strategy here. Forgive me. And then with my sixth rounder, do I take a wide receiver? No, I do not. I take my boy Daryl Henderson, who everybody says I'm reaching for time and time again. And I'm fine with that. I can live with that. I have thick skin. Keep telling me that I'm making a mistake. I'm fine with that. And then with my seventh overall, my seventh rounder, which was my sixth pick, because I traded my fourth, I took my first wide receiver in Miko Hardman. Then with my eighth rounder, I took Tyreek Hill. Then I took, um, I believe it was, it might have been Fitzgerald next or Jalen Samuels, I'm not sure. But take a look at this roster. I've got Samuels and Snell, Daryl Henderson, Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, cuff to him. And yeah, maybe Hyde is the cuff. We'll find out. But for now, I'm picking Thompson because I think that Darwin, come time to need him, will be the cuff if I do need to. And Allison over MVS, yeah, uh, that's debatable. There's a That's a hot topic, man. I, I can't tell you how many times I get asked that question a lot. And people get very passionate about that one. For now... We'll see what happens there in Green Bay, but whoever is the number two wide receiver, I think, is going to have a big year in Green Bay. So keep an eye on that. Godert is one of my surprise tight ends here. I took Burton because I think Burton, if, if he can get healthy, if he is healthy, will be pretty good. But uh, Godert is my, my sleeper tight end here that I think is going to have a bigger year than people say. Um, I like the Chiefs a lot as a sleeper defense. We'll see how that works out. I think they're going to score a lot of points this year. Debo... Hardman, Fitz, Allison, and Tyreek Hill. I think my wide receivers came out phenomenal considering I went zero wide receiver approach. So tell me what you guys think of that team. Uh, Roger says, hey, Smitty, got a feeling about MVS. I, I think MVS or Allison could go nuts, so we'll see. But what do you guys think of that team right there? We got uh, Murray spelling out Eagles. MVS is good. They're both good, man. I'll put you on the screen, John, because you, you want to shout your Eagles out that bad. You deserve you deserve to be thrown on screen with it. Roger says he likes MVS to score a uh, thousand. Let's look him up and, t and see what kind of news is on 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 the. So I like Allison right now. 
Valdez Scantling is, if you guys don't know who we're talking about when we're saying MVS, it's uh, Valdez, Valdez Scantling, the potential number two wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, or it could be Geronimo Allison. So this is a good debate to have. Um, let's see here. Scantling has um, repped ahead of Geronimo Allison in Green Bay's clear number two role. That's one report on it. Strong candidate for a second-year leap. Um, I like both Allison. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing that this could go either way because I'm with you on it. I like both of them. In fact, if you, I don't like handcuffing wide receivers, and I, I honestly, before this year, I've never talked about it much at all. But I think that this could be the one year where, obviously, and the point has already been proven on this one, but Hill and Cole and Hardman are the best handcuff wide receiver uh, situation I've ever come across. So I think that, you know, because it's not a thing, handcuffing wide receivers just isn't a thing. But Allison and MVS Valdez-Scantling could be a potential cuff situation. But there are um, reports here. That uh, with Cobb gone, the path is open for Allison to play a big role behind Adams. Um, let's see here. Not a whole lot of news on either of them, but I think you're going to get split. Or you'll probably get more people talking about Scan uh, Valdez Scanling, I think. So, you know, you're not alone. You're probably in the majority of thinking that MVS is going to have a, a better shot at being the number two. But I think don't count Geronimo Allison out. I think both of them deserve a look. All right, I'm going to close this team out, but what a team. Honestly, one of the best teams I've fielded in a long time. Barkley, Elliott, Damian Williams with Samuels and Henderson on the bench. I'm going to this is going to be a team that I think I'm going to blow everybody out of the water with because I'm built for being able to trade one of those running backs later if Henderson gets in there like I think he will be, he'll get in there. I'll be able to trade Damian Williams for a big name wide receiver. Um, but Fitz, Tyreek Hill with Hardman cuffed and, uh, you know, Debo, I think will have a good rookie year. I think this is going to be a pretty damn good team. Pretty excited about that expert league. So let's add in, um, let's see here. Let's add in. Zero wide receiver, because we talked about that. So zero wide receiver is the other um, often used draft strategy. So in a recap, if you're just joining us, best player available is the, the, the strategy I deploy all the time, no matter what. And it leads me into these other ones. I don't ever lead with one of these zero running back going wide receiver, wide receiver, which is essentially zero running back, but maybe a lesser version, a poor man's version, because you might go running running back in the third round. But zero running back, you wouldn't go running back until like the fourth or fifth round. So they're slightly different ones, just more committed to the, to the theory. Then zero wide receiver, which I just showed you how to dominate that. Uh, all of these are powered by going best player available, meaning I don't lead to any one of the three below unless best player available is leading me there. Um, Terrence says, 
Smitty, ironically, you're debunking your zero running back conspiracy. Just joking with you, bro. It, no, and, and it's funny you're saying that. That's that's a good point because I just showed how dominant a zero wide receiver approach could be. But I've never said zero running back is the only way to go, though. So not really debunking anything because I think all of these strategies are pretty awesome. Warren Singh hit the thumbs up. Warren's always my thumbs up advocate. Uh, I appreciate it. Bill, you have a question. Fire away, Bill. I stole Zeke. Damn straight I did, undead. And I'm damn proud of it. I work football guys over on that trade. I gave it to him good. I did what, what Zeke did to that security guard. I did to that football guy's rider when I took Zeke from him. Backed him into a corner, knocked him down, and stole Zeke right out from under him. Danny says, nice team, not bad, especially, or he said, not bad, especially zero wide receiver approach. Thank you. Roger says, if he, Hill doesn't get suspended, it's over, you won. I appreciate it. I think, and if Hill doesn't, and Terrence says he likes the three-headed monster, and it's almost a four if you consider Rogers like the lead monster of that, because I think a QB can be a part of that three-headed monster approach. I don't think it always has to be a running back. John is asking if Brady's a QB1. I think so. Um, maybe low end. I think he still has it. What are you saying, damn two, Roger? So, what's your favorite approach, guys? Assuming the best player available leads you to one of these. Do you like zero running back? Do you like going wide receiver, wide receiver, but then kind of going running back or QB or tight end there and not fully committing, you know, or going running back probably in the third round. Do you like that? Or do you like zero wide receiver? Which one do you like the best? Uh, Dean says, my computer's slowing down here. I think my internet uh, is a lagging. Tanner, what's your opinion on Mixon? Tons of hype around him, pushing him late in the first round. I don't touch Mixon in the first round at all. And it's not that I don't think he can do okay for you. I just think when you draft Mixon as a first drafted player, you tend to, in my opinion, at least I do, look at that roster and think, man, I'm like missing my second, my first rounder. I feel like I have two second rounders with Mixon and whatever player I take with Mixon. I just don't like the look of my roster. And I think it's a, kind of a gut instinct that Mixon, to me, doesn't feel like a first round player. So, Dean, you like Mixon. I'm not saying... Don't trust your gut and roll with them. But for me, Mixon just feels like a little bit of a risk. Always has a threat and hint of an on-off-field issue. And you could say that, oh my God, Smitty, and I've heard this before, people have absolutely blasted me saying, how can you call him a risk off the field? That was so long ago, blah, blah, blah. In a league where one old video clip surfaces, you're done. I think it's still relevant. Because we're in a league now where literally one old video clip or old phone call emerges where you're doing something that clearly Mixon thought was okay to do at one point in his life. So to think there isn't maybe some footage of him floating around there. I'm not saying I judge a guy just off that. That would be ridiculous for me to never draft Joe Mixon because I have feared 
there could be some evidence somewhere someday out there. That would be like paranoia times a thousand. But I will say that you mix that in with all the other risks. And it's more than one thing. That, his bad decision making that he's proven to have. The fact that, that he's in an offense that I think is going to not throw the ball as effectively as people think. Cincinnati, Cincinnati uh, has very inexperienced coaches. They could be gems and diamonds in the rough. Who knows? Um, they come from from good coaching uh, strategy and teaching, so they're obviously bred well. But these two coaches, the head coach and the OC, are converted quarterback coaches. They're, they've never been head coaches. They're running the Cincinnati offense, and they have Andy Dalton as their key component. And to me, that's a disaster waiting to happen if you're going to be drafting Mixon in a first-round value. That's a high... That's a lot of uh, potential risk, in my opinion, mixed in with his bad decision-making. Kind of like Fournette. Fournette, you could say, has all the talent in the world, but the guy makes bad decisions left and right. I don't trust him. I'll never trust Fournette. And he's done nothing this offseason to, to prove that I can trust him. So why the hell am I going to draft Fournette in 2019 when he was my biggest bust prediction? Fournette was on my top 10 bold predictions in my top 7, I believe. I had Fournette as my only bust prediction inside my bold predictions for 2018. And Fournette was number 7 or number 6 to bust because he had 7 to 8 to 9 overall draft value. And I couldn't believe people were buying into that. The writing was so freaking on the wall with Leonard Fournette. I can't believe anybody fell for that. And I screamed from the rooftops that he was the biggest risk of 2019 over and over and over again. And it was clear as freaking day to me. Just like James Conner has been since January. The guy who I had on my number two spot on my bold predictions. James Conner screams red flags. And people are still taking him as their number one player. In some cases, he's finally falling down like I predicted and got chastised for. That that the running back by committee talk would eventually emerge and make him fall. And it has. And he has. But some people are taking Connor still at like 12 and 13. And there's so many red flags there. Yes, you can cuff him. Why not take a safer guy like a Mike Thomas who falls into the second round for some crazy reason and go get Snell and, and uh, Samuels anyway? That's my theory and approach. <clears throat> I fell for it in one league. Had Cook and Fournette R.I.P. Yeah, that, that's a tough break. You couldn't have saw the Cook thing coming with that. Armstead, yeah, he's battling something right now, but definitely a good sleeper. Larry, good one to throw out. Jake, you have uh, Val, Valdez-Scantling. Took him late, but he looks like a wide receiver too. He could be. I'm not arguing all the points about MVS being better than Allison. Definitely agree. I took Allison in that league because I think he has a shot. But I like MVS and Allison. I think both have potential, and one of them is going to be really, really good. And it's not a crazy late, late, late in your draft handcuff situation. Um, Watkins is asking, how about having all three Pittsburgh running backs? You have to have all three. That's the point. If you have Connor, your only safeguard is to own all three of the running backs. And if you own all three, then you're safe. 
but you have to be in a position where you can do that. Your league has to have a monster roster. You should be able to roster a bunch of running backs. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be owning Connor because that's the only safe way to own Connor. Roger says, Bull Predictions MVS will have will be a weak top 20 wide receiver. Could be. Him or Allison could definitely have a big year. Dean, look at how many top 15 running backs. Look at C.J. Anderson last year. Larry. Warren, got to go. Somebody catch you later. Thumbs up, everyone. Thank you, Warren. Appreciate it. I'll throw you up on screen. Thanks for always showing up, Warren. You the man. Warren's been here forever. I mean, for Sleeper You and, and the whole brand. I mean, the Fantasy Football Show launched in, really, February. Larry, Steelers have 1,200 to 1,400 yards rushing each year. But having a crystal ball on how the yards will shake out is tough. Connor ADP value. Agreed. Jalen Samuels will get the top. We'll get a top of work. We'll get a top of work. You mean ton of work, I think. He is a good wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. Agree, Roger. Like I said from the beginning, if you're going to go zero running back, meaning you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, or you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, Pat Mahomes, or you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, George Kittle, which are all some of my favorite approaches, then you need to own or try and own Daryl Henderson, Jalen Samuels, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, and uh, who was my other one I tossed out? Uh, Devin Singletary. Those are some monster sleeping giants to toss on your bench if you're going with a zero running back approach in 2019. Absolutely love it. If Rodgers throws 40 TDs, someone will catch them. Yes, agreed, Roger. You're not going to get an argument from me, man. I like uh, I like that wide receiver two there in Green Bay. I think cuffing them both is a safe way to go because really one of them is going to cost you literally the last pick in a draft type material. Terrence, agree on Mixon as far as decision-making off the field, but on the field, Mixon is special third down, uh, three down back. Tenth last year with Marv Lewis, a bad offensive line and missed three games has uh, room to grow. Terrence, I agree with you, and that's why I wouldn't call him a total bust. I would say that if he fell to me in the late second round, which won't happen, so I'm okay with that. But he did go late in, in I think, two of the drafts. So um, I don't think he was a first-rounder So in, in, in both of the drafts. I mean, he might have been at the tail end of the first round in the Throne League. I'm not sure. I can look it up. But in my other Instagram expert draft, he went in the mid like second, which is where it starts to get a little acceptable to me because you're not passing on those bigger guys up top to get him. You're getting him where I think he fits in with a little bit of you know being questionable. So for me, I'm I'm on board with what you're saying if the value is right, but first round value is not right to me. But that's my opinion. I've been wrong. I'm not right on everything. I do land a lot of stuff. Um, that's why I've been around for 15 years. I'm not throwing darts into uh, the dark and missing, or I wouldn't be here. You don't survive doing bold predictions and the bold style that I have by missing year in and year out. But that said, I don't get everything right. 
no expert even gets 75% of the content they crank out right because they crank out so much content you're going to miss on stuff. This could be one of them. I could be wrong on mixing, but I'm not taking the chance myself, not at the ADP. Dalvin Cook is projected as a six uh, as a six running back in Yahoo, but he's a second-round pick. This bothers me. <laughs> it shouldn't bother you. It should excite you, Roger. You should be very excited that Dalvin Cook is falling into the second round. You should not be bothered by that at all. You should be looking at that as opportunity. Terrence, facts. Thank you, sir. Whatever you're referring to, it sounds like you're... You're right on the money. Um, Gil is asking wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver tight end. Gil, you missed the beginning because everything boils down to best player available. Best player available will lead you to every one of these strategies. So I cannot answer that question, nor will I ever answer that question for anybody that asks me. Should I go wide receiver, wide receiver, Smitty? Should I go wide receiver, running back? I tell the same. I, I almost have like a canned answer to people. I should just paste in, but I, I like to answer everything personally. When I, I I've asked this, I've asked Smitty uh, feature on SleeperU.com. If you aren't a member of SleeperU.com, get over there, subscribe. It's one low price for the whole season. But I have an Ask Smitty feature, and I get that question so much, and my answer is always the same. It's guys, take the best player available. If George Kittle's the best player available in the third round, then take him. Am I taking a tight end in the second round typically, Gil? No, I'm not. Probably never will in 2019 take a, a tight end in the second round. That means I won't own Kelsey, and I'm okay with that. You know why? Because I like George Kittle as much in 2019. I truly do. And I especially like him that he costs a third-round value. That way I don't have to spend a second-rounder on Kelsey. I can have a really well-balanced team. I could walk out with a Camara, Mike Evans, George Kittle. Gil, tell me that doesn't sound like a championship team to you. Kamara, Mike Evans, George Kittle. Tell me that sounds that doesn't sound like you're going to win your championship walking out. That's because you're taking the best player available, and Kittle is the best player available at the tight end position given the value and cost, in my opinion. Uh, I don't get a top four pick. Oh, gotcha. Larry, the sleeper you forums rock. Larry is right. If you guys aren't, if you're looking for a community, um, sleeperu.com, we have a forum there, free to join, and uh, we have the best, I think, forum in the industry. Very active. You post a question on there, you get an answer like that from the community. It's freaking awesome. Oh, and yeah, Chris, good thing you brought that up because it's time to talk auction. So, great reminder, next topic. And then... We'll be over our time here. We're already over an hour. So auction drafts. Probably my favorite draft, Chris. I if I can if I can help it, I will auction draft every single time. Reason being is you're you have control of your own destiny when you do an auction draft. You can get the guys you want. You can go wide receiver, wide receiver at will. The people that love to go a certain way, if you like to go wide receiver running back, this is where you can live comfortably and not have to live outside of the the laws of Smitty drafting, which is take the best player available. You can go handpick your running back, wide receiver type of approach every time in your draft. And so for me, I have to say that 
that auctions allow me to deploy my wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, Baker Mayfield approach, which I absolutely love, or my wide receiver, wide receiver, George Kittle, Baker Mayfield approach, or if I can, Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I also love deploying the three-headed monster, which includes Patrick Mahomes. So if you can get Zeke Elliott and uh, Kamara and still get Patrick Mahomes, what you might not be able to do in a lot of leagues because Patrick Mahomes could cost a ton or he could cost a little, relatively speaking. If you can't afford both running backs and Pat Mahomes, and I'm fine. If I have Pat Mahomes, Zeke Elliott, and Alvin Kamara, I'll, I'll draft $1 wide receivers and $1 players for the rest of my team, and I'll, I'll deploy that. I'll deploy that shit without hesitation. I love it. I love the challenge, and I love stacking in such a way. I will do that approach probably half the time in an auction. The other half, I will deploy Pat Mahomes, Mike Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, and Mike Evans with Pat Mahomes, and then deploy my zero running back approach where I got Daryl Henderson lined up as one of my running backs. Samuels, Jalen Samuels. Kareem Hunt for later. Yes, crap on it if you want. I love Hunt later. I don't care if he's missing half a season. I'll stash him every time with this kind of approach because it's fitting. It's perfect. Uh, Damian Harris is on that roster every time because he's cheap as hell. Uh, Devin Singletary also is on that roster every time when I deploy that strategy because he's cheap as hell. These guys all fall in the dollar-ish like range when you're doing an auction. And... Man, I'll take Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, or Odell Beckham Jr. is probably cheaper to make all this work, but Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, all those running backs I just listed from Daryl Henderson to Jalen Samuels to Kareem Hunt to Damian Harris to Devin Singletary, and then Pat Mahomes. Give me a championship right now with that roster. I love those crazy approaches. You know what other approach... Get ready for to call me insane, but I want to try this year, and I'm going to try and find a league to do this in, and maybe do it like where people don't know that I'm doing it or who I am or whatever. Just join a league, <laughs> uh, a money league, and try it. But I want to draft all Kansas City players in one league and just see what happens. If some of you remember the year that Peyton Manning was going nuts in Denver, uh, I drafted an all-Denver team that year in one of my leagues to try it out as an ex experiment, as like a social experiment, if you will. And I won. I dominated that year with Peyton Manning and every single one of those Denver players. Um, I think I did that in, what year was it, with uh, with uh, Tom Brady as well, the year that he had Randy Moss. I had Tom Brady, Randy Moss. I had pretty much an all-Patriots team dominated that year. I'm tempted to try that with this Kansas City offense in 2019 because in an auction, you can pull it off. In an auction, you can take Pat Mahomes, you can take Damian Williams, you can take Kelsey. Uh, you can probably still get away with Hill if you're drafting early. Uh, but that is one fun approach that, that I would love to deploy just as a social experiment. Hopefully, I didn't scare off too many people with that one. But that is a uh, that's a fun strategy that I want to deploy and just see what happens. Julio, A.B., Thielen, Ertz, 12-man auction, 200. 
Julio ABC Ertz. Not bad. Uh, not typically the look I'd have, but mainly because I'm not a big Edelman believer. I'm thinking Thielen drops off a lot, and Ertz for some reason scares me at the value that you got to pay to get him on your roster. So Julio I like, but there's other receivers I like more. I like AB. So out of all the players, Frankie, you mentioned, the only one I'm like totally on board with is probably AB given the cost. Julio I like a lot. I just worry about him every year whenever I drafted him. Would you do the same for the Colts? No, not this year. I mean, you could maybe you could maybe do some damage with that, but I think the Colts, yeah, it's uh, not quite the same as the KC offense, in my opinion. Um, and again, I'm not doing that because I think that's the best strategy out there. I'm just telling you, you know, what goes, goes through my mind and how I have fun when I do freaking 12, 13, 14 leagues. Uh, or total over 15 if you can count all my buddy leagues. So sometimes I have to entertain myself a little bit outside of the box to, to, to get my rush, I guess you could say. But um, I did dominate that year with, with Paid Manning and that, that Denver offense when he was absolutely insane. So it's just kind of a funny story. And I, I actually don't talk about that much because people don't react to it very well. They're like, oh, my God, you know, I'm afraid people are going to be like, this guy's freaking crazy. Uh, to draft everybody from one team to try it out as an experiment. But that's what it is. It's, it's like an experiment of sorts to say, hey, if Casey's throwing for 50 TDs and you accumulate all those players, and if Casey's going to run for uh, you know, 12 TDs and you have the running backs, um, yeah, so best ball would be a great way to try that. I want to try that. Let's try that. Let's Let's deploy that in a couple best ball leagues and see what happens. See, that, that topic even got a thumbs down right now, which is great. <laughs> Frankie, I will subscribe just because of that. Thanks, bro. You're right. You're okay, man. Thanks, bro. Great response. Love your content. Thanks, Frankie. I'm uh, glad to have you. Definitely uh, don't mind that approach that you have going there. I think I just like a few other players more than the ones you got. But uh, if it's a, is it a mock draft that you did, Frankie? And and trust your gut on some of those. And Larry says, "Don't forget the thumbs up, guys." Thank you, Larry. All right, guys, I think I'm out of here for the day. Um, unless you got any other topics. Oh, one quick thing before you leave. Don't leave. Um, YouTube is deploying a new. I always forget this right before I leave. YouTube is deploying a new messenger. Um, like feature, it's kind of like DMs in a way, or it's going to be a topic or way to communicate with your subscribers and send, um, you know, a, a key group of subscribers a special like link and say, hey, you know, here's something that I'm doing, or hey, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go live in a minute, or hey, I'm gonna do a mock draft. So if you guys want to mock draft live with me, um, this is how I'm gonna communicate to people. So I'm gonna blast out a like DM here on youtube which is a brand new feature it's it's called uh i think friends um youtube friends or youtube messenger or something like that so let me get this link for you guys and send it here and i want you guys to click it and add me what in the hell is going on here bear with me Okay, copy link. Okay, here it is. 
So I'm pasting it in. Yeah, uh, some of you have already done this. Larry, you already did it. Matthew, you already did it. Click this link right here and add me to your messenger friend list, if that's what they're calling it now. And then when I do live mock drafts, I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a YouTube followers league. And this YouTube followers league will be like 13 of you guys and then me. And we'll do a league. I'm going to have somebody, one of the YouTube people in it, one of the YouTube members, um, is going to run the league for me because I just don't have time to run it. But I'll be in it. We'll compete together. So it's a followers league or a subscribers league in this case for YouTube. This is how I'm going to let you guys know that I'm going live to pick the people that will be in it. So if you're not on the messenger list, you're going to maybe miss out on getting alerted. Also subscribe and hit that bell. Anytime I go live, you'll know. And you can jump on it quick with that of just making sure that you know, you're know you on top of it. Please um, hit the thumbs up. Once this video processes, uh, go in and comment, drop a comment. If you forgot to ask me something or if I didn't answer something, please jump back in. Frankie's asking, yeah, I'll be playing in a $500 league live auction. Um, trying to fit four stud wide receivers and, and uh, a top three tight end. So go Kittle, Frankie, because Kittle is going to be the least expensive of the big three tight ends. Well, Ertz is falling all over the place, but Kittle is like a third round value. Um, Odell has second round wide receiver value, but can play with the big boys up in the top, you know, seven overall. So that's a good, I like your idea of AB. Um, and also I like... Uh, Mike Thomas falls into the second round value. So make sure you go Mike Thomas, Odell, AB's good, and then Kittle. Draft those ones, Frankie. That would be an amazing crew. And then don't forget Aaron Jones later. Don't forget Daryl Henderson. Frankie, I want you to slap yourself across the face right now and say Daryl Henderson. Just hit yourself and say Daryl Henderson. That way you remember it during your draft and you don't forget. Make sure he's on your roster, Frankie. If this is a $500 league, I want Jalen Samuels and Daryl Henderson on your mind when you're drafting your late running backs because Jalen Samuels and Daryl Henderson can win you the league. And you're talking about a big money league, so make sure they're sitting there and they don't cost you all that much. Henderson, take Henderson when you see him kind of in vision, in view of the pre-ranked list, so don't let anybody else see him. Once he pops into view, you're going to have to take him a little early. Uh, don't take them any earlier than the late sixth to like top of the seventh. Try and get them in the seventh round if you can. But Daryl Henderson could win you a league. Um, don't forget to click that link, guys. I just posted it. Let me see if I can pin it. I'll put it on screen. Not that it's going to help, but because you can't click on it on the screen. But this is the the look for this message. I posted that message in the comments. Click on that link, add me. Adds me to my to to the messenger, your messenger on YouTube which is new and that's how I'm going to alert you guys to a lot of the mock drafts and things that I'm going to be doing. Uh Smitty, would you take Calvin Ridley over Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods? I would definitely take Calvin Ridley in a dynasty league over both. I like Woods and Ridley kind of similar for 2019, but I think Ridley is probably the guy I would lean toward. We drafted Woods instead of Ridley in the expert league uh, on Instagram, and, and sometimes I find myself regretting not pushing more for Ridley because Ridley was the guy I kind of wanted. Um, but I think you're talking about two really good players.
players. You have Hawkinson, Fant. Nice. Peace, Smitty. Good show as usual. I want to be a consideration for your YouTube league. Well, then, Terrence, make sure you're on top of, of uh, I'll send that message out. And then also, you know, whenever I go live, just make sure you know the topic. Keep hitting thumbs up, guys. Subscribe if you haven't. Please hit thumbs up if you haven't on the way out. And it really helps me when you guys hit thumbs up whenever I post a video. If I post a video, please hit the thumbs up. The more people see the video, the more thumbs up it gets, the more YouTube sends it out to people. If you want this show to survive, and if you want this show to dominate and become, if you want to become a part, and you already are, of building this show up and us taking over the fantasy football video world, especially on YouTube, but maybe this extends this show into something greater and bigger, gets picked up somewhere, that's the ultimate goal. And the more thumbs up I have, and that means even if you didn't watch the video live, hit that thumbs up when you see my new videos come through. It will propel this show into the spotlight. It will let YouTube know to, d to deliver it out to other people. And we're going to make this big. You're here from the ground up. And I think you can tell by the content how aggressive it is, how bold it is, how crazy we all are together as a community. We're different than these other fantasy football communities on YouTube. But we're aggressive. We're out of the box, you know, type thinkers. And we're ahead of the curve. And together as a community, not just me, this is us together. We're going to dominate not only the industry, but 2019 and beyond. So let's get after it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Follow, subscribe, like, get some. And until next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.